On this month's episode of the Sound Rider Show, we're talking DOT helmet certification failures, events galore here in the Pacific Northwest, and your sanity escape loop. Fire it up, all that and so much more on the Sound Rider Show. Support for the Sound Rider Show is provided in part by Seattle Cycle Center. As more and more shops discontinue sales of apparel and aftermarket gear, Seattle Cycle Center continues to provide a wide selection of everything you need for your next ride. Family-owned and operated for more than 30 years, Seattle Cycle Center is your destination for helmets, jackets, pants, boots, gloves, rain gear, and much more. Visit their store on Aurora Avenue soon. This is Chef Jeremy from Pecos Pit Barbecue. Let's open up the smoker and get the show on the road. And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show, a candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. Motorcycle riders from across the Pacific Northwest and around the world, this is the Sound Rider Show, the only podcast dedicated to riding in the upper left quadrant of your soul. Across from me here, preaching peace, love, and two-wheeled understanding, publisher and founder of Sound Rider, Mr. Tom Marin, and I, of course, the witch doctor of the DR, self-appointed editor-at-large, <laughs> Mr. Derek Roberts. Tom, it's March, and that means it's springtime. It's time for an apology. Yeah, <laughs> springtime apologies. Springtime apologies. Let's talk about some technical difficulties, some non-moto-related technical difficulties that we ran into uh, a couple of weeks ago. So back. I just want to do a brief apology uh, for how the show sounded in February. You know we strive hard to make this show sound good. And we had a little software update, and it uh, obliterated our settings yep. and went to default settings, which were the array of microphones on the Microsoft Surface that we used. That's right. So this was actually coming off the Surface tablet. That's why the there was a little, I don't know, echo. That show. Was. Yeah. Yeah, that Not show. Not this show. Not this show. We've, we've taken the bull by the horns once again. So people should know that we are a pretty professional outfit. We do run it through the Microsoft Surface, but we've got a mixing board. You've got a lengthy background in audio engineering and that sort of thing. So that's why most weeks, uh, most months, the show sounds top-notch. I think we only had it happen one other time, and yeah. that was several years ago. So um, we're, 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 we're paying more attention again. That's right. <laughs> we're back on top of it, just as we head into sort of the official riding season. But hey... So let's let's talk about things that are uh, they say they're one thing, like we think our show is really well yeah. recorded, and then it's another. Go, go ahead. And yeah, let's talk about apologies here. So a uh, an article just came out recently, and I I first caught wind of this on Ride Apart, and they published it on February sixth. But uh, NHTSA, the National Highway Transportation and Safety Administration, had contracted a company. I think out of Southern California to do some testing on DOT-approved helmets. And it turns out that of the roughly 160 helmets that they tested, 43% failed impact testing. Now, how does that happen? That seems like an astronomically large number, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like uh, the helmet manufacturers are sending some really well-crafted helmets over to NHTSA for the original testing to get the certification and then uh, making garbage after that. Well, that was uh, sort of my initial thought, too. But then I started kind of getting into it with some people. And I I can't confirm this or not, but I've actually heard that the DOT certification – is a threshold that they set but that they don't actually test for. So it's manufacturer-imposed. So the manufacturer, they create a helmet. They have a list of specifications that it's supposed to meet. If they say it meets that helmet, they can put the sticker on it. Now, that's just what I've heard. Now, so that doesn't sound reasonable. Well, it's – see, obviously it's not. Well, I don't know. There are, there are a lot of industries where um, you know they will do the testing on their own and sort of – it's not run through any sort of government agency. They may work collaboratively to set the testing standard, but the administration and the process is actually uh, done by the manufacturers themselves. So it's a possibility, but either way, uh, whoever is doing it, 43% is an unacceptable number and a real good reason to 
Look at the current helmet you're wearing. Think about how much you paid for it. Think about maybe Snell certification and uh, kind of revisit your old uh, brain bucket there, huh? Yeah, because you, uh, you want to have the best protection around your head if you crash. I mean, just the idea – I mean, now, look, we've made a lot of jokes over the years about the $68 uh, you know, helmet discount bin garage sale item, mm-hmm. and you definitely want to avoid that. Oh, yeah, and there's used helmets on Craigslist yeah. and stuff like that. Which, you don't know how many times they've been dropped already. Which seems to me like that should be, uh, should be outlawed just from the get-go, right? Um, but yeah, so this was California-based ACT Labs tested DOT helmets for labeling and performance from 2014 to 2019, testing 167 helmets overall. Now, that seems like a pretty high number, too. Like, I mean, how many helmets are there actually in existence? There's actually a lot. Are there more yeah, than that? Yeah, like, uh, uh, so if I go over to the Seattle Cycle Center store, sure. I can walk in and there's 10 different brands on the shelf. And there's usually about eight to ten different models within those brands, so there's a hundred right there for you. Well, right, but how many brands of helmets could you name? How many can I name? Yeah, I mean, I, I can name ten. You can name ten, but at ten apiece, that's a hundred. That's well, what I'm are saying. Are you saying like, it was brands or it was models? Well, 167 uh, models that they tested. There you go. Um, but, so that could be just 16 brands. Right, but I'm saying that that seems like an overwhelming portion of the total helmet mix yeah well that's what i would hope they would do was yeah. take a look at, at almost everything so that that their numbers were as close to accurate as possible well and that's my point is that there is a there's a pretty decent chance that the helmet that you're wearing falls into that 43 percent landscape yeah right because they tested a, what i would assume would be a vast majority of helmets um from those from that year set and just to think that you're riding around in something that can't you know, can't pass performance testing is... I guess what you do is take your helmet out in the driveway and shoot a little basketball with it and then <laughs> see how it holds up and send it in to, for some extra testing after. Now, this is these aren't DOT-approved helmets, but have you ever seen the, uh, you know, Fortnite on uh, YouTube? Uh, he's a guy that does a lot of videos. They, I don't. I think out of British Columbia, they're a motorcycle shop. Um, but he did a testing versus a DOT-approved helmet versus like a... Amazon $50 special, something that came out of India that doesn't have any certification. Uh-huh. And uh, the re- the results are pretty revealing. Don't uh, don't go with a non-certified oh, cheap yeah. helmet. Yeah. Yeah. What do you put, put watermelons in them and drop them from the third story? You or? know, he shot the face shields with air rifles. He took uh, belt sanders to the outsides. He hit the front with uh, pitching wedges. Um, you know, he did like this whole battery of tests. It's a pretty revealing video, uh, hmm. but it just shows some of the impact that you might experience out there on a motorcycle. Hopefully not, but certainly potentially. So speaking of putting the helmet on. Um we, we ran across another article that you enjoyed reading, yeah. and it was all about your sanity escape route. That's right. And so uh, we thought it'd be fun on the show today to talk about our own sanity escape routes here in the Pacific Northwest. So you, you got one you want to share with the listeners? Well, you know, oftentimes if it starts to open up a little bit, I mean a classic one here outside of Seattle is if you go up towards the Arlington area and you start to get towards the Mountain Loop Highway um, – that can be a nice little ride around on a warm day, um, assuming you don't have any snow or ice out there. But that's a fun one, I think. Well, let's keep in mind the Mountain Loop Highway has about 10 or 12 miles of dirt road. Right. Which is typically in good shape, but at this time of year, I could guarantee you it's probably pockmarked really well because yes. all the water runs off the tree branches and puts big craters in there. And they don't get in there until later in the spring to fill that. For sure. So you definitely want to exercise some caution or make sure that you're on your dual sport bike at the very least when you head out there. But, you know, that's a fun one. That's just a little north of Seattle here. But, of course, you've been writing about touring in the Pacific Northwest for a few decades now. So I'll defer to you. Let's hear some of your suggestions. Well, if I'm in Seattle area and I got a road bike, um, I probably want to do a little riding out in the Olympic Peninsula area, maybe down around the Hood Canal, sure. all these low elevation places. Uh, it's It's been sort of a... I don't know. You know, you hear about all these landslides and stuff. It doesn't seem like it was that harsh of a winter. Uh, it wasn't the kind of winter where we had a lot of sand and uh, and salt and That's stuff right. thrown all over the road. Good point. So uh, you still got to be mindful in the corners, especially out in an area like Tahuya, where there are a lot of paved roads out there, and uh, and you can have a lot of fun, but you got to keep your eyes peeled. Um, 
Where else? If I live down in Bend, Oregon, mm-hmm. an area that's just growing by leaps and bounds, certainly is. There's lots of good sort of well. Well, we would say it would be low elevation riding, but Bend is high desert, so you're talking like three thousand feet, anyways. Uh, but there's lots of good stuff just around the perimeter of Bend that's fun to ride uh, without getting up into snow areas. Um, if I'm out on the coast of Oregon, I might enjoy going up and down any of the side roads off yeah. of 101. Um, Spectacular DC, Oregon coast. Yeah. probably just leave the bike at home. I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's a that's an interesting one. Well, I wonder there's what a crow's our... nest highway, and that's always open three. Yeah, so you I can wonder... take a little buzz over to uh, Soyos and all that. Sure. I just I wonder what our friends in Vancouver would say if they. I'm sure that we have some listeners up there. Maybe they have some suggestions that they can send us via. They would probably tell but... us to hop a ferry and go over to Vancouver Island. Yeah. Well, that would be a good one too, that'd be right? A good one. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a nice little tour here in uh, the spring and early summer, certainly. Um, or they might like to uh, come across the border and go down into the Skagit Valley area. True. Yeah. And we'll talk about a, uh, a nice little ride up to the Skagit Valley area a little bit later in the show with our mm-hmm. interview, right? Uh, but there's a lot of suggestions out there. What about uh, Portland area? Do you have anything that you would recommend? Well, down out there to the, the west City? of Portland. Uh, it's a little higher in elevation, but I don't think you're going to find any snow up there. Uh, there's a whole series of roads that goes through the mountains up there on sure. the coastal range. So that's nice. Forest Grove area, that's nice around there. Uh, and I always like the McMinimum's hot tub out there. So. Of course. Well, that's one of the great things, I think, about doing a little sanity escape loop this time of year, especially if you're going out on a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, break it up a little bit. Hit a nice restaurant. Hit the hot pools. Yeah. You know, enjoy yourself. Exactly. So it doesn't or make mean, it two-night. Make an overnight yeah, trip out of it. doesn't mean that you have to do 500 miles a day. You can, you know, just do a little jaunt here and there and enjoy yourself. Make sure that the uh, motorcycle is ready for summertime touring. Yep. Uh, another way to get ready for summertime touring is uh, to take some training classes. What do you think about that? Uh, I always think that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and I want to thank Dave Wendell for crafting up a really nice article that dispelled all the rumors and the fake news about what's going on in Washington State with the new endorsement process. Uh, if you haven't read that article yet, you do yourself a favor and read it because it's got good information that's – Solid, written by someone inside the program who knows what's going on. Yes, it's worth its weight in gold. And you're right. There has been just a massive amount of confusion. And I'm going to admit to some self-imposed ignorance on some of these new standards because once I figured out that if you are licensed and you're permitted that you're sort of grandfathered into the whole system, I kind of just shut it down and said, well, I'm just going to think about riding. But that's not the case for everybody who's looking to actually get involved in the sport. Oh, yeah. And we have new people entering all the time. Yeah. So. And hopefully that continues to uh, to go up and up and up. But lots of great training providers all throughout the state here in Washington and a lot of inter- intermediate advanced training courses. Cascade Motorcycle Safety, of course, has the great street strategies course twice a year. Uh, first one coming up in June. So there's there's lots to consider out there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a little break. And uh, we got some news bites. We're going to tell you what's going on around the Pacific Northwest. Support for SoundRider and the SoundRider Show is made possible by Skagit Power Sports. Check out the North Sound's largest selection of bikes from names like Yamaha, Kawasaki, KTM, and Suzuki. Located just off I-5 in Burlington, Skagit Power Sports also features a large selection of riding gear, apparel, and an experienced staff to help you along the way. Visit Skagit Power Sports today. Hi, I'm Dan. One of my favorite rides is Chuckanut to Bellingham at 6 a.m. or just when the sun's coming up and there's no traffic on the road hello this is bill woods with sodium distortion racing you're here listening to the sound rider show March episode of the Sound Rider Show. And as we head into springtime, the news bites in the calendar, it's all starting to build up here. So let's get into it with some news bites, including a 
an old store becoming new again, I guess, down in Auburn. We talked a little bit about it on the show last month. We know a little bit more now. Um, Nash Power Sports is coming into Auburn, taking over the old Hinshaw's location. That's right. And uh, from what we could see, they're going to be carrying every line Hinshaw's had. And going back into the Indian store as well, next door, I think. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and we know uh, we've done our homework. We know that Nash has a pretty good reputation down in Arizona where That's they're right. based. Mm-hmm. So this is their first step outside of Arizona. And uh, we see this going on where dealerships are opening up, you know, in various cities around the U.S., all owned by the same people. And uh, so, we're, 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 you know, we're, we're hoping good things for them. We're trying to get a hold of them. We'd like to have them on the show at some yeah. point. And uh, there's job openings available down there. You should jump on. They're, they got a Facebook page now. It's a Nash Power Sports Auburn. So uh, if you're looking for a job or you want to know when they're going to open, we don't actually know the opening date yet. But uh, it's it's coming sooner than later. I'm sure that there's a lot of paperwork to be ironed out there. But I'm excited. You know, I didn't think that that location would sit empty for very long. But it'll be good to have that up and running, certainly through the main riding season here. Because there's a lot of people in that area that relied on that as their go-to location. It's a giant location. They had a lot of techs employed there. So hopefully this will be good for the local motorcycle economy. Oh, I'm sure it will be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. What else is happening? Uh, one moto show happened in February down in Portland. Yeah. I didn't go. You, did, you didn't go. I didn't have a chance to go either. But there was quite a bit of press that came out on it. So if you want to get in the news feed and just type in one moto show 2020, you can see a lot of the custom bikes they had. Um, I know Motorcycle Cruiser Magazine did a pretty nice 18 18- picture slideshow and a uh, first year at a new location for them so they had moved it all to the same area where they're doing the flat track racing and everything this year so that was a a big change but by all accounts a success uh sadly motorcycle consumer news has died what a shame i've been around for 30 years and uh kind of the go-to place for uh what do you want to say? It was, it was basically designed after Consumer Reports. I mean, it was a terrific, no-nonsense resource for motorcyclists. Mm-hmm. You know, that was the one – because they didn't take any advertising from uh, from manufacturers or anything like that. At least that was my understanding. Right. So you didn't have any sort of fluff pieces where they go, well, will this motorcycle do it all? No, it won't. But if you want it to do X, Y, and Z, it's perfect for that at mm-hmm. $8,999. They kind of were just like, hey – Braking's good, it isn't. Handling's good or it isn't, or whatever it may be. And that was certainly a refreshing take for the industry. Yeah, and I, I always liked the fact they had doctors involved. Yeah. So Mark Barnes, doctor, uh, another guy whose name escapes me right now. There's also always some really good health-type stuff going on in there. Uh, Fred Rao over the years had at one time been the editor and then uh, uh, kind of – dip back into just being a contributor, but he always was kind of fun to read. Uh, and I noticed the, um, you know, they used to run all the recalls. Yes. So it was kind of a nice place to go where all the recalls were in one place. And a couple of days after I knew that they were gone, I thought, hey, now, wait a second. Now, where are we going to get all that recall information? That's a good point. So uh, I built up a recall resource page on Soundwriter. And you can use that to see what's going on with your bike. I, I went in and looked at all my bikes to see if anything had come up that I didn't know about. Uh, if you bought a used motorcycle, you're not getting recall notices because that, well, you yeah, weren't the one who bought the, the bike original originally. Owner, yep. Um, but you so, can go in and re-register, right? Can't you get on a list, I think, for – I guess you probably can. I yeah, don't know. I think there's some feature for that. Okay. But uh, so we got that resource out there now. I'm not going to try to be MCN all you know no. in all the ways they were. They they did what they did. We do what we do. But we do like to provide practical information, just like they do, and 100%. have those resource uh, pages there for people. So but stay vigilant. You know, if you, even if you've been on your motorcycle for a few years and you think, hey, there's there's nothing wrong with this, check out the recall page because there may be something that uh, can make your bike last a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what else is going on? The road trip coming together. We've yeah. actually got a, a nice group of people 
coming out on this one in June. Fantastic. So. And they're going to be in the Cascades right here in Washington. We will. We'll be touring the Cascades and, uh, and the entire Cascade loop, basically, over a five-day period. So there's going to be uh, free time for people to go to the viewpoints and spend time at them, uh, go to the different uh, museums and attractions along the way, learn a little something yeah. about the area rather than just blast through on a one- or a two-day trip over a 500-mile route. Take so. your time, yeah. And not to mention, I'm feeling like this is going to be a spectacular early summer as far as views are concerned. I think that we had kind of a wet off season here it's going to be very green get some snow-capped mountains those blue skies and some black pavement i mean where else in the world can you get that <laughs> or would you want that? yeah it's pretty know. top-notch out here though i'm looking forward <laughs> to that uh this one was kind of interesting so the catalina grand prix is set for november of 2020 so i think that you and i need to get uh airfare and our yeah. boat passage and go down and cover it yeah, I think uh, the organizers there, if they would like us to talk that up in the months coming you know, towards that event, they could provide us with that, and we would be happy to to give both yeah. a preview and a uh, rear view. Yeah. Oh, heck, I'll, I'll even pay for the boat trip if you just get us the airline <laughs> tickets. And a hotel. Come on now. So this event has happened on Catalina over – uh, for a number of decades, and it doesn't happen every year. So when it does happen, that's uh, kind of a, a bigger deal for the event. Sure, Catalina is a beautiful place. Uh, they don't, you know, build it up. There's there's some places there. There's some some accommodations, but all that stuff sells out fast. So that's what we know about that. Yeah, but more likely in November of 2020, we'll probably be down in Olympia rather than Catalina, wouldn't you say? Uh, I probably go there before then. Well, before there certainly, but I think in the long term view, uh, there's probably a much higher chance that we're down at Revival Motors, a brand new Moto Coffee Shop in Olympia. So the Moto Coffee Shops, they just keep a coming. They do. We got the one in Vancouver. We've got the CC down in Portland. We got the one out in Bend, Oregon. That's I right. Think, I think we got a. I think we got a fun run going here. Yeah, Spoken Moto, the Wick, right? The list uh, continues yeah. to grow. So yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have to put together some kind of a fun run. There'll probably be a two-day event. I think that's – I mean, it would be a great little uh, touring loop right here in the Pacific Northwest. Let's run it the first week of December. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hot coffee and cold, uh, cold ride run, right? Yeah. Hot coffee, hot tracks. There we go. Uh, let's see. Filson. One of the oldest apparel companies in the Pacific Northwest yeah. uh, is making a line of motorcycle gear. Now, I didn't. I, I looked at it, and it's not the kind of like you know, it's not going to look like Bates leathers or nope. or anything like that. It's kind of more like your like the crowd that goes to the coffee house with the motor motorcycle themed coffee house. Well, so it's interesting. I mean, it it's very fashionable. It, it looks great, but it's not um, – it, what I was reading about it, it didn't look like they took the same precautions that, say, a Revit would in making a modern streetwear. Like there's no place for armor Yeah, as an that's example. what I was noticing. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of armor, so I think it's the fashion statement Yeah, and thing. I, I don't think that they are – I think it's your sort of wax-treated water repellency. I don't think that there's like a baked-in liner or anything like that either, so – well, sometimes the wax works better. Sometimes it does, absolutely. Yeah, because you can re-wax it and it seals real good. Well, I'm thinking that it's going to be pretty fashionable, and uh, you know, it'll probably work pretty well in spots. But kind of interesting to see that old uh, company making new grounds into the motorcycle world. We'll see if it sticks. Making new grounds into the motorcycle coffee world. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we should set up a fashion show down at Revival Motors, I guess. Yeah. So. Did you see these Indian ads with the rider on the left, on the wrong side of the road? Oh, only from Sound Rider. Oh yes. my god! Yeah. I couldn't believe it. So they put. I, I went to the website and there was multiple photographs up of this guy riding his, his motorcycle in the oncoming traffic lane, and I thought, well, this must be uh, European A European ad or something. Photo, yeah. But it wasn't. It was it was a U.S. website. 
and U.S. advertising. So they were doing – well, it could have been – I guess they could have taken the, the photographs in Europe, but at the very least a closed course, right? You would hope. Uh, yeah, yeah, most closed courses don't have a double yellow line on <laughs> But okay. I've been giving the benefit of the doubt every way I can because, you know, we, we've said it before. We love Indian motorcycles yeah. and what they're doing for the industry. But uh, this is one of those things that falls into the category of uh, – People creating marketing tools who don't ride for motorcyclists. <laughs> or drive, apparently. So, uh, Indian, if you're listening, we encourage you, remove all those photographs from your website. Don't run any ads like that. And let's get back on track again. Or just Photoshop the double yellow line out. Like, you know, it can just be on black pavement, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, really wide lane, yeah. one lane road. That's right. Sure. We see that could be uh, the Mary Hill Loops Road for all we know. We know some one. We know some one lane four service roads. If you want to redo your photo shoot somewhere, yeah, yeah. <laughs> contact us through the uh, the contact link on soundrider dot com. We'll give you some advice there out here in the go. Northwest. All right, um, you know, since we did the last show, had we converted the website over? I think that was in process. It was in progress, yeah. so we finished it. And uh, seems to be running pretty well. And uh, for for most people, we 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 made a point out of not sending out a subscription notice last early uh, February because we just wanted to give it a little more time to get settled in. That's right. And uh, and it seems to be working pretty good now. But if anybody notices anything that's whacked out on it, let us know. There's always the link at the bottom of every page where you can do that. So. And let's also, while we're talking about website stuff, let's uh, encourage people to follow us on Facebook, where we just crested over the 4,000 mark, um, all organic. All organic. Yeah. We didn't pay uh, some super-duper marketing company $40,000 to get (laughs) 7,000 names. That's right. We only have 4,000, but it's all organic. Uh, Nice mix of of people. And uh, if you're not a Facebook subscriber but you do the facebook thing go ahead and subscribe to soundwriter yeah it's free just like the magazine is that's right well it's a great resource right because we share when we post the podcast so you'll get a first look at that as soon as it comes online we also share an industry news um that happens that we may not do a full feature on and we also share the features that we write in the monthly issue so it's really if you're on facebook you should follow us let's just say that yeah stay hip yeah (laughs) stay cool all right, let's uh, let's take a little break. We got a lot going on on the calendar in March, and we'll be right back with what all that is. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Valentine Motorworks, Seattle's independent service shop specializing in BMW motorcycles and beyond. Call or visit them to discuss your next service or restoration project soon. Find them online at valentinemotorworks.com. Hi, I'm Mark from Seattle. I ride an R12 GS, and I like to ride around Mount St. Helens. Hey, everybody. This is Lee from Racer Gloves USA, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. Welcome back to the Sound Rider Show, where as we head into the springtime, the calendar is loaded up, and I mean loaded. We have uh, 10 highlights here that we're going to get into, but make sure you go to soundrider.com slash calendar, and you can see the overflow of joy that's coming to the Pacific Northwest. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's overflowing with joy. Uh, first one we got here is uh, the Cafe to Cafe Tour kicks off on March 1st. And uh, you can sign up for this in advance, or you can sign up for it after it gets started. Uh, Those of you who do it know what it is. If you don't know what it is, it is a seven-month-long tour of the Pacific Northwest of various restaurants throughout the area. Uh, You go to them anytime you want. You take a picture at the restaurant. You want the bonus points. You buy a little something and send us back your receipt at the end of your journey. And uh, everybody who completes all the locations, it's 15 
anybody, everybody who completes those gets the uh, the placard, personalized placard, and is invited to come to the luncheon. So uh, last year we did the luncheon down in Tacoma on the water nice. at Katie Downs. And it had a good turnout, too. A lot yeah. of participants last year. Couldn't have put Cafe another Cafe. person in the room. Yeah. So full house. Uh, so we got all new cafes this year, and uh, all the um, packets with that information, everybody who's signed up in advance, those will ship on the 29th of February. So you should be looking for them around the first, second, or third. It's going to be a lot of fun again. Yeah, and like you said, this is a self-paced event, so you can take it at your own pace. You can knock them all out in two weeks, or you can spread it out over the seven months. And uh, we joked a little bit about uh, the coffee houses in the previous segment, but these are much more than just coffee houses. You're going to get some good eating in on this tour. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you're doing the road trip tour, you'll be happy to know there's three or four cafes on the tour route. So you could nail them all while you're out on the tour. Oh, nice. If you're coming down to the Rally in the Gorge, we've got several cafes down in the Columbia River Gorge. So you can hit those while you're out tootling around. That's and, what we do now, right? We tootle. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the message is just go to store.soundrider.com. Sign up for Cafe to Cafe, sign up for Road Trip, sign up for the Rally in the Gorge, and start hitting some of these cafes. There you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Coming up on March 13th, so it's 13, 14, 15, is the Inland Northwest Motorcycle Show in Spokane. That's right. And this is uh, quite a few years running now. Yeah, this is like, they got to be getting up toward their 15th or 20th yeah. year. I don't know what be, the number is. Becoming kind of a fixture. You know, I popped out there for uh, a few hours last year and checked it out, and they had a great turnout. They had a lot going on out there, so hopefully this will be a repeat this year. You know, it's a good facility because you got parking. Yep. And if you do have to pay, I know it's not that expensive. Maybe just a couple bucks to go into the parking lot. Yeah, I don't even. Th- I don't think they charge for parking. I, I think don't think they do. Parking's free. It's just admission there. And then so. they have a whole motorcycle area. So if you come on a bike, you get real close to the door. Right. Uh, weather's looking good so far. You know, unless it gets really crazy around here in the next couple of weeks, it could could be a trip up over the pass from Seattle out to there. It's uh, it's crazy to think that that may be the case, but you're right. You know, a heated vest and some heated grips, and you're on your way to uh, Spokane. Oh, no, I just stop for a cup of coffee every hour. There you go. <laughs> I don't need any of that electric junk you're talking about. Uh, let's see. Ottoman Performance Motorsports out in uh, Kirkland is going to be having their open house on the 21st. Uh, I'll tell you this, too. The, you know, those guys are d- into doing track days, right? They yes. They set up their own OP. OPRT, Ottoman Performance Rider Training. Yep. Uh, they, they, they have like almost a dozen track days set up for this year. Yes, they do. So uh, that'll be happening. And, I, and I'll just say right now, I was going to say it later on, but there are a lot of track days this year. There are. And they are all plugged into the Soundwriter calendar. If for some reason you own a track day school and they're not in the calendar, you just need to plug them in. Absolutely. We'll get them posted up. And uh, also on the 21st, uh, I'll make just an additional note there. If you go down to Kirkland during the day, also our friends at Cycle Barn that evening are doing their Midnight Madness sale from 8 to midnight. So oh, okay, that's that always a big deal. Yep, that's right. So if you're looking to score some huge discounts as we head into the the longer riding season here, get down to our friends at Cycle Barn in Marysville and check it out. Wow, I don't I'm always asleep by midnight. <laughs> well, I guess maybe I'm going to miss out on the sale. Maybe you could come down from 8 to 8:30 and you could be in bed by uh 9:30 or so, right? Yeah, they're, they they're the geezer version of that. It's like <laughs> Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Nah, all the guys who like yeah. to be at places early, they could be right there at come, 5:45. Come down at 6 a.m. Sunday, you'll get a uh, free bowl of oatmeal and uh you can score some deals, yeah. And some prunes. Yeah, some prune juice. And maybe some coffee. Okay. We'll work on that. We'll talk to Greg. So what you're saying is they want they want all the regulars to go? <laughs> what are you saying about the industry, Tom Marin? Are you saying that people are getting older? I don't know. Well, you don't want the irregulars going. Yeah. You never well, know what's going to happen with them. Hey, we have to reach out to new demographics all the time. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so you could do the Midnight Madness on Saturday. Is It's actually on the 22nd, isn't it, if it's at midnight? Well, it goes from 8 p.m. the 21st to midnight. Oh, yeah. so I can go. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. I know it's still pretty late for you, but... 
most nights I'm uh, in bed about nine. Okay, so there we go. And then uh, and then you could go sleep in your car for six hours, and then head out to Monroe <laughs> on Sunday morning for the A Bait motorcycle swap meet. You know, I was uh, went and checked this out last year, and it was a massive turnout. And if you're looking for bike parts, particularly cruiser bike parts, Harley and that kind of stuff, you're going to have some chance some chances to do that here. So, you're going to be there this year. I will be there this year. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So when you go to these things, if you see a law tiger struck in the parking lot, you know, Derek's in there. That's somewhere. right. You, you know, I'm floating around. Yep. Uh, on the 28th is the Cretans season opener here in Seattle. Uh, that means a party on Saturday night and a ride on Sunday. And any word on where to where the ride may be heading? It's a mystery ride. I never know. Yeah. You have to show up on the 28th, I Will guess. Will there be any DOT helmet testing at the event? <laughs> hmm. Let's hope not. Let's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's hope that everybody rides safe and has a good time Will this be there. sponsored by Filson? Yeah. We don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll put a, put a word out to them. But it's always a, a good time for everybody. I will see the pictures come up in social media later yeah. the next day. And so, some people look like maybe you shouldn't ride a bike tomorrow morning, but everybody gets out and has a fun time. That's what it's all about, right? Uh, also, on Saturday the 28th is the AMA Supercross down at the Century Link Field. Right in downtown Seattle. Now, the previous stops up to this have been quite the blowout, and they're expecting a pretty big turnout here as well. All right. Yeah. And uh, there's a little event going on at the Dionysi store that same day before the Supercross kicks off. Tell us a little bit about that. That's right. So right next door to the uh, CenturyLink field, the Dionysi store, if you haven't had a chance to visit it, come on down in the morning. Uh, official details are being worked out, but I think we're going to kick things off about 8 or 9 a.m. with some free donuts and coffee. Uh, Law Tigers will be there. Optimum Performance Rider Training that we mentioned earlier, they will be there. Uh, Dirt Bike Safety Training of Washington, they will be there, and as uh, will Cascade Motorcycle Safety. So they're going to be giving some presentations, kind of get people fired up to take some training in spring and into the summertime, and do a little education about riding gear and the whole nine yards. So it should be fun, free donuts and coffee that morning right before Supercross. You know, I need about 20 grams of protein in the morning. Yeah. Can I get some eggs or something? You can stop wherever you want on the way in. (laughs) You already said you'll be out of bed by 545. You make yourself a few scrambled eggs and come down for donuts and coffee. Or maybe I'll do the road food and go and get a Big Mac. Or not a Big Mac, (laughs) but an Egg McMuffin. Yeah, Egg McMuffin. Nothing wrong with that. So. All right, and then you get a whole week to rest up before uh, the Desert 100 kicks off on Saturday the 4th and the 5th of April. In beautiful Odessa, Washington, the 50th annual Desert 100. Wow. Can you believe that? you think there's anybody that uh, was at the original one that's going to be there this year? Actually, I think there is. Wow. I think they comp their race registration if they want to get involved. I think there's a few people who have been in it. So is this handicap accessible in that case? (laughs) Well, you know, last year I was there, and they had three participants in the over-80 class. Wow. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it brings all ages certainly, and I guess if you think fifty years ago, if you were fifteen out there, right? I mean, you're sixty five. Yeah, you, be... there was barely SL one twenty five born yeah. back then. <laughs> what are you saying? They did the first Desert one hundred on a horse. Is that the? Uh... Well, they probably did them on you know, uh, I mean, a lot of cheap Hondas and stuff, and Cushman scooters. Yeah. I want to see photos. Yeah, well, that's what we need. We need a photo display from the first year. A little archive back then. Who knows? They may they may have something like that, but uh, that'll be fun. And like you said, April 4th and 5th out in Odessa, Washington. All right. Uh, let's see. On uh, April 18th, this is the event that refuses to ever go away because uh, this event is called Green Freeze, and it was always a big highlight for the uh, – Washington uh, Goldwing Road Riders Association. And uh, Lisa Alberts, who worked down at Henshaw's for years, 
Uh, she's, she's kept the stain together over all these years, and sure enough, it's going to leave out of Nash Power Sports on the 18th of April. Oh, wow. I guess whether they're open or not, huh? Interesting. Well, that would be kind of a, a neat little kickoff there, right? Yeah. To get people involved and in checking out the store, hopefully, that morning. Years ago, they used to do this as a three-parter. So they had a January, February, and a March Woo. ride. That's a lot of organizational effort there. Oh, yeah. And it was also a lot of ice and a lot of wind and so some horrendous weather stuff and so in the last few years it's kind of become just an april event which is a better idea i think yeah so well congratulations to them for keeping the tradition going and uh that should be a fun time april 18th the green freeze now on uh april 25th up in the skagit valley is the tulip indeed yeah but we're not going to tell you about it till we take a break and when we come back we've got uh jeff henshaw here to tell us a little bit more about the event and what's going on with it this year. We'll be right back. Support for SoundWriter and the SoundWriter Show is made possible by... The Rally in the Gorge. Are you ready to go beyond the main roads? Since 2003, the Rally in the Gorge has introduced riders intimately to the awesome secondary and tertiary roads in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. With programs for dual sport, adventure, sport touring, and sport bike enthusiasts, this is the rally you'll want to return to again and again. For more information, visit soundrider.com rally. I'm Roy Barnes. I ride a BMW F650GS uh, 2009 with 137 thousand miles on it. My favorite ride is wherever the road goes. Hi, my name is Russ. I'm with Trail Tale, and welcome to the Sound Rider Show. We are back on the Soundwriter Show, and we've got a special guest in the studio right now. We have Jeff Henshaw here from the Tulip Bride. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, Jeff, I tell you, man, it's great to have you down, and this is perfect timing, too, because the Tulip Bride is coming up on April 25th, so that'll give people some time to plan for it. But before we get into that, I want to know a little bit, a, a little bit about you. Tell me about your motorcycling background and how you got involved in the sport. Well, I've been riding for about 45 years, uh, and i got to blame my father for this because right. uh, <laughs> dad was the one that exposed me uh, to bikes at a very young age. Hereditary, uh, I like yeah, that. I yeah, I think there were, were a few years where I was riding around on his handlebars, you know, probably without a helmet like we used to do sure, back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, but I've always had a passion for motorcycles. First couple bikes were hand-me-downs from dad. Nice. Uh, I developed a passion for it and have been riding all my life got my endorsement literally the day i turned 16 oh wow and have been riding ever since and you're a pacific northwest native here to the seattle area or? yeah born born here in seattle i uh, grew up uh, much of my life down in portland oregon okay i moved back up to seattle about 30 years ago and we were talking a little bit before the show it sounds like uh you're kind of you'll dabble across lines but you're a dual sport guy too what other what kind of bikes do you have in the stable you know i i love all motorcycles I, i'm with you. Um, yeah. i've owned a lot of harley davidson's over the years okay hey, Derek, uh, and, yeah he works for microsoft so he can't actually count all the bikes uh, so I, <laughs> I, I i can count them. i can count them. we're as 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 we get older we start to downsize a little bit so sure uh but uh i i love harleys and i love cruising on them and i still to this day, ride with my dad uh, on Harley's. Nice. Uh, my primary ride is a, a BMW 1200 GS. Okay. Uh, and in the stable, I'm really excited this year. We also have a Triumph Street Twin. Oh, nice. Uh, that my daughter rides. Fun. She got endorsed this year, and it's her first year in the saddle, and it's been very cool to have three generations of family all riding together. So it is hereditary. It it's, is definitely hereditary. It's right down <laughs> the line there's, there. there's something in the genetics. Well, you mentioned uh, your love for Harley-Davidson there, so let's transition into the Tulip Ride because I know Eastside Harley-Davidson is a big sponsor of the ride. They is have been right? a fantastic yep. sponsor for over a decade. So let's get into it then. Tell us about the Tulip Ride. I know some of our listeners are familiar, but we've got people all over the Northwest and around the world that may not be uh, – 
as informed as some others. So let's talk about it. What is the Tulip Ride? Uh, the Tulip Ride is an annual ride that supports Seattle Humane uh, and the fantastic work that Seattle Humane does to help place animals with families wow. uh, and, and give them lives that they, they wouldn't otherwise have. Uh, and we've always had a passion for Seattle Humane. And as the ride uh, began 20 years ago. Oh, wow. This so is year, this, this is the 20th anniversary. This year is a big year. This well, is our 20th anniversary. Thank That's you fantastic. very much. Yeah. Um, we, we began about 20 years ago just as kind of a fun getaway for a bunch of Microsoft folks. Sure. Uh, we were working really hard on Xbox. Uh, back in the year 2000. Oh, yeah. And, um, and getting that first Xbox out the door was a death march for us. <laughs> there was a lot of work going on uh, right through the winter and into spring. And one nice spring day in April, uh, I sent around an email saying, hey, I'm out of here this Friday. Anybody no more go screens. For a ride? I can't look yeah, at another screen, right? Yeah, I'm done. The only thing I'm going to look across is my handlebars this Friday. And a bunch of people uh, replied and said, I'll, I'm in. Let's go. That's fantastic. And we needed a place to go. And we saw that the annual Tulip Festival was going on up in the Skagit Valley. Sure, so just north of Seattle. Just here. north yep. of Seattle in Mount Vernon. So we all rode up there and had a beautiful lunch in LaConnor and came down over scenic Whidbey Island. Uh, down Highway 20, and it was such a fantastic day that we committed to each other that we would do it again every year. Wow. And here we are 19 years after that one. We're, yeah, we're, we're 20 years later this year, and the ride grew each year. Uh, the second year, you know, we welcomed folks in from Boeing and other local companies. Sure. And it just – it grew to the point where a few years in, we realized we could do some good with this number of motorcyclists. Yeah, clearly. And that's when we connected up with Seattle Humane and began to, to become an official fundraiser for Seattle Humane. Uh, 20 years later, we are hundreds of motorcycles each year, and we are Seattle Humane's largest external fundraiser each year. Well, I think I noticed on the website in 2018, you guys raised, I think, uh, over $55,000. Over $55,000. Which is, which is phenomenal. And just so we're clear on this. Though uh, this was originated in a Microsoft group, this is open to everyone. This now. is open right. to anyone and everyone, and and each year we see people coming from all walks of life, uh, from all types of companies, from all, uh, frankly, all parts of the world. Right. Uh, we have riders come in from as far away as New Zealand. Wow. Uh, we have uh, yearly visitors from uh, Europe from Texas, from Florida, and of course, lots from the Puget Sound region. Yeah. And so how do people, how do we sign up? If someone wants to ride, they want to participate, is there a fee, a suggested donation? What's kind of the framework uh, for that? To, to join the ride, all you have to do is make a donation by buying a ticket. That's it. Um, there's two types of tickets, and both are available at tulipride.org. Okay. And there's a $50 ticket for anybody that wants to ride anyone that wants to be a passenger. And even if people don't ride, this is really important. Even if you don't ride, sure. you can still buy a ticket and come hang out in the morning, meet our celebrity guest riders, uh, get an autograph and a photo op, enjoy breakfast, and kind of hang out with us. And it's still worth buying a ticket even for that. Well, and you get the pin and you get the bandana. And that's right. So we've <clears> got a, a whole kit too we'll get here in, uh, in just a second. But let's go through um, – like you said, it's great. If you're n even if you're not a rider, come down. It's a fun party in the morning. It supports a great cause. But where do we start out? We're on the east side of uh, – Hold on. Let's make one thing clear because you've got some guys out there who think that if they bring a passenger, that person can ride for free. And they make it pretty clear on the sure. site that if you bring in a passenger, the passenger gets to pay also. Yeah, we, we love it if each person that comes to the ride it's a, buys a $50 ticket. It's yeah. a supportive event. It's That's a supportive idea, event. Right. And, and it's really important to remember that every single dollar of that donation – goes straight to Seattle Humane. It's, it's literally the recipient of that ticket purchase is Seattle Humane. And it's just such a fantastic cause. You yeah, know? and I it's, mean, it's, it's powered entirely by volunteers. So the whole ride is put together and sponsored by volunteers that, that actually organize it. Right. A really amazing team of people that share the passion for Seattle Humane, uh, plus uh, great companies that support us as well. Uh, absolutely. And you can see that on the uh, sponsorship page, not just motorcycle-related companies, but just a lot of people here in yep. the Puget Sound region, which is, which is really great to see. So let's, let's start on the morning of the ride. We've got our ticket. And we come down to uh, – where are we going to start off? We're going to start out at Blazing Bagels in Redmond, Washington. And awesome. Blazing Bagels is, is our next really amazing sponsor. Uh, with a ticket, uh, you get a discounted breakfast there. 
They provide free coffee for everybody. Can't beat that. And what you're going to find in Redmond as you pull up is a scene with three or four hundred motorcycles, right. uh, basically owning a few city blocks in yeah. Redmond, uh, and and really swarming Blazing Bagels. It's a super fun morning for them. Um, we really appreciate the support that we get from the Redmond Police Department. Sure, uh, they help us keep the street safe, and and as the packs begin to leave, uh, they help us get safely through the intersections and on our way. And you'll spend an hour or two basically hanging out, enjoying breakfast and coffee, and meeting some of our amazing celebrity riders that fly in for the event. And now, can you uh, release any of those names? Can you tease that, or is that part of the appeal? Is it sort of a secret celebrity rider? I am absolutely thrilled to share, because these are are celebrities that come up on their own dime, because they love animals, they're passionate about the cause. Uh, So some of our longest-running supporters are Katie Sackhoff and Trisha Helfer. Wow. Um, you know, both of them are, are incredibly well known for their work in Battlestar Galactica. Sure. Uh, and that's kind of where, where most of us w- were introduced to them. But they're also both uh, in current run shows as well. Uh, Katie is shooting Another Life uh, on Netflix. Fantastic. And uh, Trisha just wrapped up Lucifer uh, and is on, on to her next project. So we're super thrilled to have them back. That is awesome. Amazing it, people. And they'll be riding in the uh, the event as they well? They are serious riders. Love they will be, they yeah. will both be on Harleys uh, that Eastside Harley provides to That's our celebrity awesome. guests. Uh, and they've actually brought some friends along on the ride. Uh, uh, Rekha Sharma has joined us. She's also from, from Battlestar fame. Uh, and we're also really excited to have Jonathan Fernandez, who is from Lethal Weapon. Oh, wow. He plays Scorsese on Lethal Weapon on TV. And then we're kind of emceed and all pulled together uh, by Bender, our local uh, – local broadcast celebrity. So it really voice. is a party. I mean, that's it a, is, it is. That's a fun time. So so we're all here. We're meeting at uh, Blazing Bagels over in Redmond. We've got our free coffee, our discounted breakfast. And then after that, where are we headed? After that, we're going to head north. Uh, the route is actually on our site. And what we do is we send riders out in packs of about 15 to 20 riders at a time. Okay. Um, we like to keep the packs small, uh, number one, for safety, so that we can, we can do a great job of keeping them together. And number two, we want to make sure that each pack is dialed into the experience of the riders in that pack. Sure. So the first pack out is our VIPs. Uh, these are folks that have bought the thousand dollar ticket. Oh wow! So you have some. These are some heavy donors. These then. are some heavy donors. Good. We have twenty five seats available for VIPs. So don't limit yourself to the fifty dollar ticket. That's don't limit yourself. Listeners, if right? if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna be a VIP, you get a ride out in that first pack. Sure. Uh, you're going to get some dedicated time with the celebs. And the the biggest perk to the VIPs is that at the end of the day, we do a private dinner just for the VIPs and the celebs. Very nice. Uh, open bar, fantastic food, and we kind of party into the night. That's great. Uh, the last pack out and, is – And is, Uber into the morning. And, right. yeah. <laughs> Uber into the morning and not show up for work. Yes. Leave um, your bike at the Tulip Festival. The, uh, the last pack out is, is some of our newer riders. So we have both a, a lead rider and someone to sweep to make sure that some of the newer riders or people on smaller bikes or scooters right. uh, don't get left behind because we want everybody of all riding skills and every type of bike to have a fantastic day. Well, that's what we're all about here at Sound Riding. If you're on two wheels and you're having fun – Hats it off doesn't it, right? matter what you're riding. It matters that you're riding. That's right. So now this is uh, – it's about a 90-mile trip. Yep. And we end up at the uh, the Skagit Valley Tulip Festival. Exactly. Which we, is renowned around here for its views, obviously, particularly this time of year. It is spectacular. To you say the see, least, right? You will yeah. see miles and miles of color in the Skagit Valley as the tulips are blooming. And we have the perfect spot. Uh, we're also sponsored by a tulip farm called Rosengard. Wow. Uh, it's actually the largest tulip farm up in the Skagit Valley. And the family that runs it uh, also really loves uh, the cause. Seattle Humane, and they have done such an amazing job of giving us dedicated motorcycle parking. They give us an entire soccer field to set up the hosted barbecue lunch that we serve to everyone that comes. So if you're a participant, that $50 ticket. That $50 ticket gets, gets you a great barbecue lunch, wow. free parking up there, and it also gets you into the Rosengard Tulip attractions. So they've got sculptures. They've got a garden path to walk through. They've got fields to walk through. Um, your Tulip Ride admission also gets you into their attractions free. And they do that all just out of the goodness of their hearts. Wow. What a fantastic uh, morning into afternoon. Now, you talk about 
the views coming together there. I know Tom's already got his Instagram ready. He's ready to do some selfies, I'm sure, up there. What's but, Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> Instagram bot, right? Uh, but it will be a uh, – I mean it just sounds like it's a, a fantastic event. And 20 years in the making. I mean did you think about this You know, 19 years ago? Did you think, hey, this is going to get some legs or what was your, your foresight into the future? We never would have imagined that it would turn into the scale and scope of event that it is. Right. We just wanted a Friday off of work. <laughs> Honestly, you know, we had been working so hard on that original Xbox and and it was such a great team of people and a great team of, of motorcyclists actually within the group at the time. Sure. Um and it's one of those things where everyone begins inviting friends each year. And the more friends you invite, the more friends they invite. And it just grew organically. Yeah. And then one year, you know, you're you're taking a group photo and you realize there's two hundred and fifty motorcycles. We can't here. fit everybody in the photo. Yeah, yeah. like and we, we can't even even just do a single pack on that longer ride anymore. And and that's when it really clicked that that these are all motorcyclists in the Pacific Northwest who are some of the most giving people in the world. It's unbelievable. They they really care. The motorcycling community up here cares about giving back to causes that are important to them. Uh, they care about setting a great example of supporting your community. And that's when it clicked. Let's, let's kind of call upon all of us to do something bigger than just ride and sure. actually make a difference to – uh, to a cause that we believe in. And that's where Seattle Humane has just become such a phenomenal partner for us. Well, it's just the the whole thing really is just is mind-blowing. And, you know, that's it's something that we talk about frequently on the show here. But just the giving nature of motorcyclists is something that is – I think it's sometimes – overlooked by the population at large but we know as riders just how many charity events and supportive events for all kinds of great causes and this is certainly on that list it, so it really cool is see. and and motorcyclists you know there's there's so much culture in the motorcycling community with good and bad connotations sure but if you really cut through all of that if you cut through the hype and you cut through the stereotype you realize that that motorcyclists are people that that share a love uh, for a sport, uh, they really enjoy their communities and they care, and yeah. so that's why I think it's it's really important to recognize that when events like the Tulip Ride happen, and there are many of them in the Puget Sound area every Absolutely. year, absolutely, it's really something to celebrate because it brings out I think the best in the motorcycling community. Well, there are many events throughout the year, but this is the one that you want to go to on Saturday, April 25th, of course. And uh, a couple things before we, we get you out of here, Jeff. I do want to talk about we've got uh, a few swag items that participants will be, uh, will be entitled to get when they sign up as well. Uh, some bandanas, stickers, pins. All this stuff looks great, and uh, the bandana has some special significance for participants, right? Yeah, the bandana yeah. is very much uh, your ticket to the event. So uh, everyone that buys a ticket uh, to come will get a bandana as soon as they arrive. Uh, that bandana is something people wear on their arm in the morning, and that uh, is what gets them an autograph or a photo nice. or a free cup of coffee or a discount of breakfast. Uh, we ask people to tie it onto their rearview mirrors as we ride up, and that's what gets you into the free parking uh, and get your barbecue. And then people will will take it with them into the tulip fields for for free admission. So this is your pass. So as soon as you arrive at Blazing Bagels in Redmond on the morning of the twenty fifth, get that bandana out, tie it to uh, your arm or to your mirror. And make sure people know that you're here to support yep. a good cause. Most importantly, that bandana tells everyone, number one, I'm a motorcyclist. And right. number two, I care a lot about a cause and I'm here to support Seattle Humane. Well, it's such a such a fantastic cause. I want to get you out of here on, on one question because you mentioned you've been riding for 45 years in the Pacific Northwest. This is obviously a spring ride. We've had a lot of great April, 20, uh, April rides in the last couple of years with good weather. I want a spring riding tip for you, though, for our listeners. What would, what would be your recommendation? Uh, spring, I, oh, I have several. Well, let's Number get, one. Let's get your top one. All right, Just the top, get him right off guard. The, yeah. right <laughs> on, the top one is uh, get that bike out early. Yeah. Um, do your early inspection. Walk around it. Check your tire pressure. Check your plugs. Check your battery. Make sure you've had a battery tender on it. T-clocks. Get it in for service if you need to get it serviced. Yep. But, but make sure that that ride is safe. Uh, and that before you get on it and take it out for a 100 or 200 mile day, uh, that you've had it checked over and, and that you're on a safe motorcycle. That's a fantastic tip. And I'm going to throw in my tip here, which is my springtime riding tip, which is to visit the Tulip Ride, April 25th, 2020, coming up real soon here. You can find all the information at online at tulipride.org. Jeff Henshaw, anything else you want to add? Any uh, encouragement you want to give to the listeners? Uh, don't be afraid of the weather. 
we've had 20 years of generally amazing weather. A couple of years we've had some rain. A couple of years we've had a, a, a little bit of cold. But it's a great time. Uh, and come on out whether you ride or not. Don't let the weather scare you off. Uh, we're pretty confident we're going to have sunny skies, a safe ride, and we would love to see as many riders and just general enthusiasts as we could possibly see. Well, tell them Sound Rider sent you, and I think for the show that's a good spring, uh, spring theme. Don't be afraid of the weather. Jeff Henshaw with the Tulip Ride. Thanks for coming on the Sound Rider Show. We'll see you on the 25th. Thanks so much. See you guys on the, the, uh, the ride on the 25th. All right. We'll be right back after a couple of messages here. Support for the Soundwriter Show is provided in part by Rock Straps. Tired of bungee cords that fray and break? You need to up your game with the number one tie down among riders. Rock Straps make it easy to get the right fit, no matter how large or small the load you're securing. Order a pair today from the Soundwriter store at store.soundwriter.com. Hi, my name's Steve. I live in Edmonds. And one of my favorite places to ride on my GS adventure is up the Pyramid Pass. Hi, this is Dave Sweezy from Psycho Wipes, and you're listening to the Soundwriter Show. to the final segment here on the Sound Rider Show. And I'd like to thank Jeff for joining us there for the interview. You know, it's such a great event. It was so much fun to talk about the, uh, the Tulip Ride with Jeff and really looking forward to taking part in that. But, of course, that's not until April 25th, and we got a lot of springtime weather between now and then. So let's talk tips and tricks. All right. Well, uh, we can talk about weather, and it is time to go through your weather repellent gear mm, yes and make sure that it's in tip-top shape for your riding season we're talking about your rain gear make sure it's not leaking anywhere take a shower in it and see how you how you come out after you take a shower that's one way to do it yeah, yeah. go to the car wash and have your buddy spray you down yeah or pour a bucket of water into your motorcycle seat and sit on it and see if it comes up through the crotch there yeah Get those seams resealed. Do what you need to do. Put on the we, – well, we got the Terraid TPU tape that you can seal a lot oh, of yeah. cuts and stuff up with. Um, that's one thing you want to check out. You also want to check out your evaporative cooling vest because they, they, they do have a lifespan of about eh, five years, maybe ten, but yeah. not really. Uh, the more that you – mush them around, those fibers break down. They don't hold water as long anymore. Very true. So uh, this is a great time of year to get all that stuff, figure it out, see if you need to replace it, see if you, you've got some ways you need to fix it. And also, uh, times are changing. You know, the way we used to check the weather report 10, 20 years ago was like, Ask people. Farmer's Almanac. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Farmer's Almanac. Or look in the paper yeah. or watch the TV the night before. But there's a lot of nice weather apps out on the market now. What's your favorite weather app? Uh, you know, I honestly, I always just go and search for the weather. Mm-hmm. And there are so many different websites. I'll compare a few different ones and just try to do like a, a radar forecast for two weeks out and just kind of look two at the weeks. trends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I like uh, I like the Dark Sky app. Okay, because it has uh, it has a predictive uh, radar on it. All right, which is really nice. So if you see like a lot of buildup out on the Olympic Peninsula and you want to know what's going on out there, you can throw that app up, <clears throat> and they give you about a two or three hour insight as to what may be coming up. Which is obviously super helpful when you're crossing elevation and you're out on uh, maybe a touring trip. You don't want to, if you can avoid riding into some nasty weather, right, by taking a coffee break, that's always a plus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, nowadays, so many of these apps are either free or inexpensive. And you don't have to pay, you know, $15 anymore for a weather app. Right. So uh, get your phone tuned up with 
a couple of good different weather apps. Of course, none of them are ever correct. So if you have two or three, at least you're going to get a general consensus. Right, and you can at least be confident. That. That's why for me, I always – I just text you and I go, how, the, how are your bones feeling today? Yeah, exactly. If you go, oh, my knees are aching. I go, uh-oh, rain's coming. I got I to gotta postpone this trip. I had a cat once, and he, uh, he struck someone across the face. He'd never done that before. And Ooh. I thought, you know what? I think I need to have him checked by a cat psychologist. And uh, I didn't hire one. I hired two. And then I took the general consensus, and we worked it out. And he got a nice, big, high, tall condominium and never took anyone across the face again. But it's because I used two, you know. Yeah. So... Well, there you go. It's the th- more things that you can't get on any other motorcycle podcast. That's right. right. We tell, think, we'll help you with those yeah, cats, too. If you think it's all just fluff, you got another thing coming here. <laughs> what do you got for your tip? Well, I want to just piggyback real quick on your weather tip, too. Uh, include your tent on that. Um, yeah. A few years ago, I was, uh, I was the butt of a few jokes around here on the Soundwriter Show because my tent was looking a little weathered. And then a year passed, and somebody said to me, hey, you got a new tent. And I said, no, I didn't. I just retreated the outside. Oh, oh, I thought you turned it right side out. No. Oh, no. Well, you could do that, too. <laughs> Extra waterproofing. Waterproof the inside and the out, right? There you go. Uh, but uh, that's another thing to get ready for when you're heading into, uh, into summertime. And also something to get ready for is your T-clocks inspection. Now, everybody is probably familiar with T-clocks to check out your motorcycle, but – the Motorcycle Safety Foundation has this handy little one-page checklist that you can go through, and you can download yeah. that for free on their website. I'm looking at it on your phone. It doesn't look very mobile-friendly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Readable yeah. when you turn it landscaping. It definitely is, yeah. So you can download that if you'd like or if you have your own. But as we head into springtime, don't waste any time. You know what I mean? Don't sit around and go, well, all right, I'm not going to ride all that much for the next couple of months. So I'm not going to adjust my chain or change my, change my oil. Do it now so when those long stretches of nice weather appear here in March and April, you're ready to roll. Yep, yep. And uh, also, you know, it doesn't hurt to do T-clocks now because if you need new tires and you're not going to do them yourself, you need to book an appointment. Or A lot of times right now you can just walk in the door and go, hey, I need new tires. Okay, bring them on over here. Uh, but uh, don't don't try doing that in June. No, because you're gonna have to get in line. And this gives you a little time to break those tires in before you start riding a little more aggressively out in the twisties. So you want to make sure that you've got a nice, exactly. worn in tire before you start leaning too hard. All right, that is our March show. We're gonna be back in April with more counter events, more tips and tricks, more news bites. I'm looking forward to it already. I tell you what. So uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next month. The Sound Rider Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.